How many of us have ever had something stolen? We've all had that experience. Uh, it happens sooner or later to all of us. Lots of times, even when we're little kids, we get something taken. Uh, and it's always a traumatic experience to have something s s taken from you like that. I remember one morning, went out to get my truck, and someone broke into it and busted out the driver's side window. Wasn't much in there to take, a couple CDs, and they did take a buck knife that I got from Pulse Falls Baptist. It still aggravates me when I think about it, but, but it is a traumatic thing. In John 10, uh, we're going to find Jesus talking about thieves. He's also going to talk about the Good Shepherd and sheep. Now let's just stand. I'm going to read just two verses. <coughs> John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill, to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for our good shepherd, that he is good, that he cares for us, that he lays down his life for us. Thank you for sending him, for redeeming us. May we treasure all he does, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. We see that the thief takes a prominent place here. In fact, Jesus deals with a thief right up front. And he tells us the nature of a thief. We see it in verse 1. <clears throat> verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but by climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Verse 8, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And then again in verse 10. So in those opening words, Jesus is getting our attention. Verily, verily, pay attention. He's speaking with authority. And Jesus tells us the thief enters by the wrong way. He doesn't use the door. He climbs in some other way. And that person is a thief and a robber. I mean, if you come home and you see someone trying to climb through your window, that's not a good sign. That's a thief. I remember our missionaries, uh, Vance and Julie Wood, that came uh, to our church years ago. They served in Venezuela, which tends to have lots of thieves. They had bars on their windows on every place up through the third story. And when they came back to the United States, <coughs> <coughs> the 
their children were disturbed that there were no bars on windows and they thought somebody would break in. Uh, but that was the culture that they grew up in. So a thief enters the wrong way. A thief also comes to steal, to take what doesn't belong to him. That's a purpose of a thief. And every day we read of some news account, somebody getting broken into, something taken out of a car, whatever it may be. And then Jesus also points out that it gets worse. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. The word used for robber in verses 1 and 8 means one who uses violence. And then in verse 10, Jesus tells us what, he, what he'll do. He will kill. He will destroy to get what he wants. They care nothing for the sheep. Now verse 8 is our application. He's speaking of false teachers, religious leaders, who use their position for gain, who turn people from Jesus. And, and notice he misses no words. <coughs> because the stakes are high. Uh, we're dealing with the eternal destiny of people. And that's why Jesus says what he says. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. And Jesus tells us that he is the door. And that we can only enter into God's kingdom, God's heaven, through Jesus. Only through him. He's the good shepherd. And we need to be very clear that any group, any person that teaches someone else besides Jesus is a thief. <coughs> any group or person that teaches any book besides the Bible is a thief. Anyone or any group that teaches you can get to heaven in some other way than the, by the gospel that is preached in this word is a thief. And that's what Jesus is pointing out. And there's lots of thieves in the spiritual realm deceiving people. Killing and destroying. But second, we have the good shepherd. In verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. <coughs> he gives us life for the sheep. Good implies beauty as well as fitness for the task. And in the Bible, we see only God is good. And Jesus here claims that title, the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And he's a good shepherd because he knows his sheep. And that word know means more than just intellectual awareness. It speaks of a relationship. The shepherd of the Middle East knew his sheep. Each of them. 
and how to care for them. And we see here that Jesus knows our names. Verse 3. The porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. It is powerful that God knows our names, cares for us. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to know people's names. A lot of times I'll step into a classroom, and especially middle school. Ah, thank you, Carrie. I want a seating chart with names on it. Nothing is more frightening than a middle school class with no seating chart, no names. <laughs> Believe me. But when you have a seating chart and with names, and then especially a note from the teacher that says, watch out for this person. I like that. Right away when uh, so-and-so is getting out of shape, I can say, Isaac, you need to just sit down and be quiet. Yeah. And right away you say, how do you know my name? <laughs> I said, I got it right here. <laughs> but they respond to that if you know their name. Jesus knows ours. He called Peter by name. When he went through Jericho, there was a short little man that wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house today. He knows our name. He also knows our nature how to deal with each of us, just like we do with our children. <coughs> I mean, walk through the Gospel of John, and we see how he deals with each person differently. Uh, from Nathaniel, in whom one is no guile, to Nicodemus, a religious leader, Jesus said, you need to be born again. To the woman at the well of John 4, he knew her need, her deep thirst. To the woman caught in sin in John 8, her need of grace and forgiveness. To the blind man of John 9, his need of compassion and healing to glorify God. And Peter after he denies him. He knows our needs. And most of all, he is the good shepherd because he gives his life for the sheep. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And verse 15, I lay down my life for the sheep. And verse 17, stated again. So he is ready to sacrifice his total self for the sheep, for us. And to lay down is, it shows it's voluntary, sacrificial. A.M. Hunter says, here is the supreme paradox of the gospel. The life of the Christian community depends on the death of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Yeah. 
He lays his life down. And when we observe the Lord's Supper, that is a picture of Jesus, his life being laid down for us. A body given for us, his blood shed, that we may have life. And then we see the sheep, which is us. And Jesus points out that we have some responsibilities. We need to hear the voice of Jesus. We look in verse 3. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. The sheep hear his voice. Uh, Dr. Gerald Borchert, he a uh, teacher at Southern Seminary, but he spent part of his time teaching in Israel. And he said, in that experience, a couple illustrations stand out about the shepherds and their sheep. He said, each morning when the Bedouins would come, the shepherds, they'd begin to lead their sheep out of the sheepfold that would contain four flocks. He said, each shepherd would take their turn and begin to sing and call the sheep. And they would dutifully just separate out from the rest of the sheep and go to that shepherd as he would sing, sing and call them. They knew his voice. And they all did that, and they'd go to their daytime feeding place. They listened for the voice of the shepherd. And we must listen to our, the voice of our shepherd. Turn your Bibles to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8. <coughs> Nehemiah 8, verse 1. We see that the people gather themselves together at the water gate. And they tell Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses. And Ezra the priest brings it so that they could hear with understanding. And in verse 3, he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Before the men and women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. They were just fascinated to hear God's word read. They listened to it and for an extended time. Turn to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Verse 20. Here Solomon says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and healeth 
and health to all their flesh. Keep it in your hearts. Listen to it. And then Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Here we find the, the, the story of the sower and the seed. And in verse 14, we see the seed, which is God's word, falling among thorns. And the word is choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, no fruit. But in verse 15, but, on that, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. So we need to have a heart that is ready for God's word. Guard your heart. Get it right. And listen to God's word. If your heart's not right, you're not going to hear it. And then turn to Luke 10. Verse 38. Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha. And it says a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I mean, what a beautiful picture. Uh, and we know the story where Martha will begin to fuss because Mary isn't helping. But Jesus says she's chosen the best part. And she is sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word. She gave him priority. And we must do that with our Lord. Give him priority. Someday, some part during the day, pull aside, open your Bible, and listen to the living word. See what he has to say. Just like Mary did. Be in church where you can hear your teacher teach a Bible study class, where you can hear God's word preached, because God will speak to you in those times, and we need to be listening. So we need to listen as sheep. We also need to follow Jesus as sheep. Back in John 10... Verse 4, Jesus points out, The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee for him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Uh, the other picture that Dr. Borchert talks about is that in Jerusalem was busy with traffic, and yet the shepherd would be leading his sheep just outside the Jaffa gate, and, and cars would be whizzing by, and yet the sheep would just focus on that shepherd and just stay with him and follow him. They were not disturbed by the traffic. Paid no attention to it. And that's good advice for us. Stay close to Jesus. Don't pay attention to all the other stuff that can take us off track. 
follow him. Don't get buried in the traffic of life. Just stay with Jesus. And then as sheep, we need to trust him. Verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man go enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out, and find pasture. So here we have the blessings as we place our trust in Christ. Faith, forsaking all, I take him. We are saved, we have a home in heaven. We have freedom, we can go in and out. You know, being a follower of Jesus gives security, <coughs> freedom. Because we are either a slave of sin or a slave of Christ. Who do we want to serve? Much easier to serve and be a slave of Christ than sin. And then provision, spiritual and physical. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I don't know if I'll read an article. They'll talk about the bucket list. Well, these are the places you need to go visit, put in your bucket list. These are the things you need to do for your bucket list. In other words, there are certain things we need to accomplish before we die. We only have life for a short time. So you better go out and do these things. What did Jesus say? I'm come that you might have life and have it abundantly. You don't need a bucket list. I like what Randy Al Alcorn says. He says, I'm not worried about seeing certain places or going to visit them. Because I have eternal life and I'm going to have all eternity to do those things and to see those places. And I'm going to see them as God intended them, not in their fallen state. So lay aside the bucket list. Follow the one who has abundant life. Right now. Not doing some experience or going off to some place. But just walking and trusting in him. And anyone can do it. Even a thief. Because our Lord was crucified between two of them. One thief rejected him, but one said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He trusted our Lord. And he found that life, abundant life. What are we trusting in? Hopefully the good shepherd. Carrie can bring you back up. Jesus paid it all.
Do we need a good shepherd today? To trust his leadership, his guidance, for him to take care of us? To fulfill us, satisfy us? Trust the good shepherd. Though it's easy as sheep, we get off on wayward path. But the good shepherd calls us back. And he calls now. He's waiting. You come. Let's stand as we sing. Jesus paid it all.